Life is a difficult odyssey. The faithful are a statistical anomaly. The enemy wants to trick us hypnotically. That's why we need that biblical theology. Lord God, deliver us from apostasy. The human heart is given to idolatry. The situation is critical. We gotta see the importance of biblical theology. What do I mean by biblical theology? Welcome to Christlike Thinking, a podcast dedicated to discussing how Christians are engaging culture and living out Romans 12:2, which tells us, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I'm your host, Bruce Sabin, and on today's episode I'm talking with Dr. Jeffrey Farmer, director of the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary's Extension Center at the Phillips State Prison in Georgia. The program offers bachelor's degrees in Christian ministry to prison inmates who serve the church inside prison walls. The New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary has almost 20 extension centers throughout the southeast, and three of those are inside prisons. While I was a student at the seminary, I had some involvement with the program at the Louisiana State Penitentiary, and my doctoral research was on the moral development of students there. But this is my first chance to learn about what is going on in Georgia, so I'm looking forward to this conversation. First, can you tell me a little bit about the program at Phillips? Yes, the program at Phillips, this is uh, actually our second cohort. Uh, we're currently using the cohort program where we had one class uh, complete the four-year degree and there was a year break um, due to funding and, and other issues. And uh, we started last fall with our second group. And um, uh, Dr. Francis Kennett was the director last year. He started the program with this group. We have room for uh, 29 students, and so that, that is our, our um, student population is, is 29, and they've just finished up their third semester ahead of uh, fall and then spring, and then their summer workshop semester. They just finished that, and they're getting ready to start uh, the fall for their next year. So getting close to associate's degree time. Wow. Okay. So what classes do they take? Um, well, we we teach the uh, same courses that they would get if they were in, enrolled in, on our main campus or any of our extension centers. Uh, we consider this a, an extension center, a center um, of the Level College of New Orleans Seminary. Um, they take uh, courses in um, biblical studies, and this summer they had uh, counseling, they had a field practicum ministry, um, supervised ministry kind of course. They had oral communications and uh, computer course, uh, which is interesting. Uh, you and I would think computer seems kind of uh, uh, outdated since, you know, it's such an integral part of, of our lives. But, you know, we have guys here that the last time they saw a computer, that it they didn't have hard drives, you know, the, the, the old, old computers. And, you know, so it's uh, been quite a uh, interesting change for them to go from non-technical to, to using thumb drives and um, word-based programming and so on and so forth. So, um, but this fall, they'll, they'll take a, a theology course, history, and an evangelism course. Um, our, our goal is to prepare them to be ministers. Okay, and who teaches these courses? 
We have uh, adjunct faculty and um, uh, trustee-appointed faculty who um, serve at our North Georgia hub, um, working for the seminary. Um, it's, a, it, it's largely the professors that, that teach for New Orleans Seminary in, in Atlanta. Okay. And um, how do you recruit students for the program? Well, we uh, we have um, who oh, I wish we could remember. I think it's 42 prisons in the Department of Corrections of, of the state of Georgia. And uh, when we have a position or positions available, we will um, send out a request to the chaplains of each of those prisons and ask them to uh, for recommendations and applications. And we have a, a very stringent set of criteria that we utilize to um, to find the best. And, you know, we, we want to see people who have a, a relationship with Christ. Um, we do have those who, who aren't evangelical. Um, we've had uh, a Muslim in our in our first class, but not in, in this class. Um, so what we ask for is uh, spiritual leadership. Those who who are involved in their their faith um, and, and to where they're their leaders in their community. It just so happens that all of our applications for this this class were Christian, but we have a, uh, a Greek Orthodox uh, student, and we have um, a couple of mainline denominations and a few uh, Pentecostals and uh, a few Baptists and a few Methodists. So we run the gamut as far as the, the Christian denominations go, but uh, they all seem to be Christ followers. And then we look at, you know, their their GEDs or their diplomas, um, make sure that they're integrated in the, the, the prison system here to where they're not violators of, of any um, regulations they can't have any discipline reports for the last year, um, preferably three years. Um, and we examine those, and then we um, we interview them and choose the, the best available. Once somebody's in the program, I know a lot of them struggle with academic difficulties because of their own backgrounds. Maybe they weren't great in school when they were younger. Um, <laughs> can, how do they overcome those challenges? Well, we use a mentoring relationships, and um, in the past we had a couple of um, graduates from our program from the first class that helped uh, really get the guys up to speed. Um, they have actually been transferred here recently to uh, other prisons to be involved in ministries, and so that's that's kind of become my role is is to encourage them and, and offer suggestions and, and help out, uh, as well as mutual accountability amongst themselves. You know, if one's strong in an area, you know, we're, we talk about the, the unity of, of the body and, and helping out, you know, where you're strong in one area, helping out others who are, are weak in that area, you know, so that we're, we all reach our, our goal together. So, um, What other kinds of difficulties do students face in the program? Well, one of the big difficulties is opportunities to be involved in, in ministry uh, with the general population. Um, because of security is an issue, 
they uh, sometimes their their ministries are they they don't get called out to to be where they need to be for their ministries um, because of the there's not enough guards available or something. So it, it's sporadic at times, but for the most part, they're able to, to do their ministries and to con- conduct it. And uh, uh, all of our, our staff is uh, committed, you know, to one degree or another to the success of, uh, of our program. So the, the warden is very supportive and the, um, the other staff, deputy wardens and the, the officers, they see the benefit, and so they do their best. But you know, sometimes you just can't get past uh, a, you know someone being out. Um, right. Well, you said that everybody there is supportive of the program. So, from from the correctional department standpoint, what do they see as the benefit of the program? Well, they they see the uh, the improved uh, moral standard that the uh, that my students. Uh, grow into the, uh, and they see them as positive uh, leadership within the prison community um, so that uh, the uh, the overall culture is what what we're aiming for is a, you know we we want to see that 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 christ exalting culture here in the prison um, very similar to to what had occurred at angola which um, I noted in in, uh, in your research, Angola was once considered the bloodiest prison, and now it's it's uh, it's it's one of the safest prisons. You know, and we we attribute a large part of that to uh, to our seminary uh, program at Angola, and we're looking to do that not just here at Phillips, but in in, in each of the prisons in the uh, the Georgia Department of Corrections. Right. Yeah, as you said, Angola had changed from having that horrible reputation. Um, mm-hmm. When I, when I was getting ready to do my uh, doctoral research, I was telling my grandmother, who's from Boston, uh, about what I was doing, and I was describing the prison in Louisiana, and she actually said, "It's not Angola, is it?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she still had that mindset that years ago she had just heard about Angola. It was just nationwide. It was known as a horrible place. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so. and, now, and now you, I mean, when I went there for my research, I, I felt perfectly fine walking around by myself. Right. And it's that, that culture of Christ that, that's there. I, I really think that that's the, uh, that's the, the, the big difference. And, um, and I, our administration here, they, they've seen that they, they know the value of that and, and they, they agree that the uh, the only way to rehabilitate someone is to uh, is to change them from within, and, and only Christ can change people. Right, so. right. From your perspective, or from the perspective of the seminary, what is the ultimate purpose of this program? We're to exalt Christ by making disciples who make disciples here in Phillips and and throughout all the prison systems. Um, I think that. Uh, uh, if we if we were to ultimately start a church planting movement within the prisons that that would overflow into the rest of Georgia and throughout the world, um, God is glorified in that, and uh, that would just make me so happy. Um, that's our ultimate goal: is, is to exalt Christ by making disciples. Right. And graduates, what are they going to be doing? Well, uh, 
they will be leading in, in ministry. Um, most of them will have a, uh, a work detail as a chaplain's aide. Um, and what that will mean is that uh, they will have opportunities to to start Bible studies and to start ministries. And uh, honestly, I, I plan on them planting churches um, within each of their the dorms um, in in all of the prisons throughout Georgia. Um, my background is that I'm a I'm a church planter, and my the model that I'm I'm most uh, comfortable with is uh, the simple church model where you don't need a building, um, you, you don't need uh, the, the corporate worship gathering. Um, you can use it, but the, the, the focus is on the, the small gatherings of the body to uh, train them to make disciples. Um, I think that's why God has, has placed me here is so that we can uh, we can use this uh, simple church model to uh, plant churches throughout the, the prison system. Okay, so as you mentioned, your background in church planning, how did you go from being a church planter to director of a prison seminary extension program? Uh, completely by God. Uh, <laughs> uh, Peter Kendrick, who is the, the dean of the North Georgia Hub, uh, he is a, um, a former uh, church planter with the North American Mission Board, and we have um, both teach uh, for the seminary at the North Georgia Hub and have had long conversations. And when uh, Dr. Kimmett, who was our the previous director, when he uh, left to go to uh, Tennessee Temple, uh, Dr. Kendrick was asked for recommendations, and um, and apparently I was the first one he thought of. So um, I, we prayed through it. This is where we feel that God led us to. And if I understand correctly, you're the fourth director of the program? I am the fourth director, uh-huh. So why do you think there's been fairly high turnover? Well, from my perspective, I, uh, each of the directors that – preceded me, each went on to uh, uh, leadership positions at other institutions. Um, John Morris went to uh, Atlantic Christian College as a, a dean of uh, distance education, I think, and Phil Weaver went on, I think he was a assistant registrar somewhere, I'm not exactly sure, and then Dr. Kimmett is uh, vice president of academics at Tennessee Temple, so... Um, it's almost like this is an incubator for uh, leadership. Yeah, well, I, I can see that. I guess uh, I, if you can uh, be successful there, you could be successful anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So it, it, it's funny that prison is a, a place that, that, that fosters the skills and abilities that you would use working with uh, trustees and seminary administrators, but I guess I've <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <was a> joke. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, people skills are people skills, right? Right, right, right. Okay, so how long have you been a director? Uh, I I started here the first of June, so I, I'm okay. I'm still new in the position. Okay, had you had any involvement in the program before becoming director? I taught as uh, one of the professors for the first class 
and I was scheduled to teach for this class this class um, this coming spring. Um, so I, I had some involvement with uh, uh, teaching here um, a few times. Right. Okay. And how have you enjoyed? The, how, how have you liked the new role as director? Uh, I, I've enjoyed it a lot. The the, um, the students are exceptional. They're hardworking. Um, the uh, uh, administration uh, they're very supportive and helpful. The uh, the security the officers are, are great. Um, and really, the the worst part of my job is the the commute back and forth to the house. And so, um, but other than that, it, it, it it's been wonderful. Now you're still pastoring a church, so how do you balance the two roles? But my my primary job as a, a pastor of, of Life Tree Church is I'm a, a I see myself as a catalyst, and I equip people to plant churches and uh, to uh, to pastor those churches, and so I can do a lot of uh of my um, mentoring and coaching over the phone, and then you know I'm I'm here at the, the prison three days a week, and then I have the other four to be involved more hands-on with with the churches that need that. So, ha- have you had to adjust how you do any of those works? Yes, I, I have. It's, it's you know, with change, there's always some adjustment. Um, I, I've got some great uh, leaders at Life Tree Church, and they've stepped up and and have uh, um, really have grown from it. So it actually works out better for for the church. Um, because they don't see me as as the necessary individual, they 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 correctly see that um, that we all have a part to play. Okay, um, and the program you said right now has twenty something students, correct? Yes, twenty nine. Uh, does it have? Do you have plans for the program to grow? Uh, I'd love for the program to grow. We have a an issue of space. We we just don't have the, the the meeting space where it could be any larger than that. So, um, you know, we'll just keep keep our eyes open and, and see what happens. But uh, unless something happens where they build a new building, um, we're pretty much going to be set at 29. Okay. And how is the program funded? We're funded by um, donations from... Uh, individuals or churches. Uh, we have uh, associations that, that step in for some of the other um, prisons. Uh, we, uh, there aren't any associations at this point that, that are giving primarily for Phillips, but um, we do have some benefactors who see the uh, they, they see the potential of the ministry here and and have been funding it. So, but. None of our money comes from a cooperative program. None of it comes from the uh, the, the seminary, the cooperative program fund. Um, everything is, is based on uh, donations. And what kind of impact have you seen students making in their population at the prison already? Um, from what I've seen, we've, we've had a, a pretty good impact. And, and these guys are they're a year into their studies. Um, but I can already see growth um, and uh, uh, accountability amongst themselves, which was our first goal, was that they would they would have some uh, unity and purpose. 
and uh, would would operate the church as a church is supposed to operate, which is to uh, encourage and exhort one another. Um, I've also seen, you know, they go down to the lower units, to the mental health units, and they minister to the guys there, um, even cutting toenails and fingernails when those guys can't do it themselves. Um, they, they serve guys that are in segregation, um, you know, the whole, and they take food there. They, they pray for the guys and give an encouraging word. Um, you know, we have a, a couple of guys that they go every week without fail to with the hospice and they minister in those situations. Um, they deal with uh, the um, Bible studies and helping the different dorms. I've started Bible studies um, with the general population in, in the different dorms. And um, Truly, they're trying to be, uh, you know, the in, incarnation of Christ in their community. It just so happens their community has a uh, uh, barbed wire fence around it and they're Lots of life. Okay, and how are the uh, students uh, treated by other inmates who maybe aren't Christians? Well, some of them are will, you know, tease them or, or you know, make jokes about them. But that that's that doesn't happen a whole lot, um, at least as far as I've seen. Um, you know, most of them will, you know, we've had a few that would come up and ask for prayer or, or would uh, ask to be involved in their Bible studies. Um, you know, but uh, generally, I think they're accepted as, you know, hey, they, you have this opportunity and, um, you know, and and we can see some changes. So um, I think it's been positive as a whole but with a few occasions of um, perhaps jealousy-driven um, Yeah. Have you seen the program having uh, impacts on the students themselves, maybe in their own discipleship? Yes, I've, I've seen their... Uh, on the one hand, you, you, you see them growing academically to where they're, they're starting to think more critically. But more importantly, um, we're seeing them develop uh, uh, disciplines to grow in their spiritual maturity um, in the short time that I've I've been here, you know, listening to the devotions each morning um, that my students give, it, it's it, it's gone from uh, you know more reading out of a, a devotion book to actually interacting with the word and um, expanding on it and and, and to uh, uh, pray for. The, not just the other prisoners or for their families, but to actually be praying for the officers and the administration, you know, which is, is a, a big change. I think, yeah. yeah, I can imagine that's a big change. The students in the program right now are working on associate's degrees, right? Right. They're, that's the first step towards the bachelor's degree. So we're... Um, and none of them are, are are thinking of ending at the associate's degree, as far as what they've told me. So, and that's kind of the, the, the halfway point on their way to the bachelor's. Each of them are pretty committed to getting that bachelor's degree. In fact, I talked with a couple this morning that were interested in um, continuing on to do uh, to, to do master's work 
and were even asking, you know, what kind of a, a road do they need to take on, on the master side in order to do doctoral work. So they, they they're 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 resonating very well with uh, with the program and and are. are Dreaming big, I guess to say. Yeah, so are these students who uh, foresee getting out of prison and then eventually going on to master's or doctoral work? Yes, I'm, I'm, uh, a good number of them um, have less than 15 years. Um, and so um, one thing we require, we'd like for them to have, um, if it takes four and a half years, to get the bachelor's degree, we'd like them to have a total, you know, nine or ten years, and so that, you know, they, they can get the degree and then to uh, to serve in the, in the ministry here in the prisons, you know, and, and uh, kind of pay off on, on that investment that we've made in them. Um, but it, you know, I'm not going to begrudge the guy if he gets paroled earlier than that. Um, in fact, usually we uh, we're a big part of the reason why they they're eligible for parole. You know, because of the, mm-hmm. the positive influence and the change that it makes in their lives. So, right. Um, but while they're in the well, program, they cannot apply for parole while they're in the program, right? That's correct. So they they probably aren't going into the program anticipating that it will help them get paroled because they have to go through the four and a half years beforehand. Correct. Right. Now your program is at Phillips. But you accept you accept students from across the state of Georgia. Correct. Uh-huh. How many different prisons are, are represented among your students right now? Do you know? At least ten. Pretty good number. So, uh, yeah. over the over the next several years, you hope to be impacting a lot of different places across Georgia. Right, and, and they they won't necessarily go right back to the prison where they came from. They they'll go. Um, to where there's a, a an, an availability for the position or need, they understand that their their position is uh, fairly itinerant, and uh, they can be moved, you know, in a moment's notice. So um, uh, once they're out of our program, they're pretty much locked in here for a good five years. So right. okay, and on a typical day, what do you do? Um, I write memos. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I'm involved in, in instruction during the semester. I, I, I teach um, several courses, um, one or two per semester, um, and I arrange for the professors to teach the other courses. I interact with the chaplain and the administration in, in developing and carrying out the ministry, the prisons. Our, our students' ministries, um, making sure that uh, that we anticipate any uh, security issues um, or uh, availability of officers and um, uh, troubleshoot a lot of those issues. Um, occasionally, we have the um, an opening where someone might be removed for a, a, a disciplinary action. Um, if they break a rule for the, the prison, then they're, they're removed from the seminary program. Um, I've not had to remove anyone uh, at the, yet, but uh, you know, if it were to arise, that would be my job, is to remove that prisoner and, and then find uh, a new student. Um, 
but a lot of this stuff is, is to make sure that everybody in uh, the, of, of the staff knows what we're doing and uh, and and has the opportunity to uh, request our assistance. So. What do students do on a typical school day? Well, they begin with devotion. Um, first thing in the morning, they, they come in and they gather for devotion and prayer. And then they uh, have a little bit of time to prepare for class. Um, they'll have a class in the morning. Um, then they'll have uh, lunch and a little bit of, of, we'll call it free time, but it's it's for the accounts. They have to go back to their dorms uh, to be counted. And then they'll come back in the afternoon for class. And after the afternoon class, they have time to work on the, uh, we have some computers that were donated um, so that they're able to work on those computers to do homework, schoolwork, and the and then they have ministries in the evening, and then they hit the sack. But we, we've got ministries going every every evening of the of the week. How many days a week do they have classes? Well, they have classes three days a week, um, largely because that's my um, my availability. Um, the, the the state has me working. 29 hours a week, so that if I hit 30, they'd have to provide benefits. But um, mm -hmm. so I, I work here three days a week, and um, uh, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are class days. Mondays and Fridays, they have opportunities to do um, uh, ministries during the time that would normally be reserved for class, or they have uh, um, the opportunity to work on their uh, assignments for class. Um, what kinds of ministries do they have in the evenings or on the days when they're not in class? Um, Bible studies primarily, but they also have opportunities to minister to the, uh, the community. As I mentioned, um, going down and, and ministering to the mental health uh, prisoners or to those that are in segregation. Um, or even we have uh, one particular Bible study called uh, uh, the Christian Cafe. Um, which isn't done in a cafe or at all, but it's for the cafeteria workers, those who have that duty assignment, um, because they're not able to get out during the uh, other times that the Bible studies are being held. Um, he stays up later and, and has received permission to, to um, have this group congregate together for a Bible study. Okay, and are any of these Bible studies what you would consider a simple church, or are they still more simple than that? Uh, well, we're we're still working on the concept, and um, you know, uh, there are Bible studies that that would probably more closely align with a small group or Sunday school time. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, the biggest difference uh, in my mind isn't the fact that the Bible is being taught, but that there is a um, loving accountability um, for obedience-based discipleship purpose, and as well as a vision casting and training to, uh, to, to go out and to do the same thing. So um, what we want um, our students to do is not just to teach the Bible study, but to coach 
the participants of the Bible study on sharing the Bible study so that they could start it themselves and lead a group themselves. Ideally, then, these small groups would replicate themselves, and I guess you'd have exponential growth over time? Oh, yes. That would be wonderful. <laughs> now, as these groups spread, do the group leaders continue to keep each other accountable? Yes, absolutely, because um, the way that I, that we operate is, is and, and now this is, this is the vision for what's going to take place here. Right. It, it's not actually in practice, but right. um, there are two groups that, that, that they'd be involved with, the one where they feed and the one where they lead. Mm -hmm. you know, so they would attend um, time of, of worship or they would attend a gathering, a Bible study, if you will, where they will learn you know, the, the, the lesson from scriptures and, and using inductive Bible study methods and, um, they will learn from it. And then there's a time where they would uh, practice um, teaching, you know, practice the, the accountability part, practice the worship part, practice the, the lesson, um, and even practice casting a vision for um, reaching the lost, you know, because um, we we want to go out into the community, not have them come to us. Right. We want to uh, share the gospel with everyone, not just some people. And we want to make uh, disciple makers, not members. Mm -hmm. So we we don't want people that are going to uh, sit on the pew and say amen and boy, that sure was a pretty sermon. Mm -hmm. you know, we want people that, that are going to take the lesson to, and implement it in their lives and share it with others. So. Okay. Now, does Phillips have a traditional church service during the week? They do on Sunday nights. Um, area churches come in and lead worship uh, the first three Sundays of the month, and then the fourth Sunday, uh, our students lead worship. Okay. And are there, are there a variety of churches that do this? Yes. Um, there's a non-denominational church that I've seen. There's a, a couple of Baptist churches. There's a couple of Methodist churches. The Chap Latin actually arranges the the schedule mm -hmm. for who comes in and when. Um, but those, those are some of the churches that I'm familiar with that have come in. So if somebody um, if somebody would want to uh, contribute or uh, get involved in some way, who would they contact? Well, they could contact me to begin with. Um, and uh, my number or my email address is phillipsprison at nobts.edu. Mm -hmm. um, well, thank you for taking the time to talk with me. Well, thank you, and uh, pr please pray for us and, and that we're able to make much of Christ. Well, I will definitely do that, and I'm sure many listeners will as well. For many people, it might be difficult to imagine a seminary operating inside a prison, but there's a tremendous need for this work. There are more than 2 million people in America's jails and prisons right now. American churches send missionaries around the world, but for all intents and purposes, living in prison is like living in another country. The inmates are isolated and often hopeless. But through many evangelical ministries, prisoners do hear about Christ. The problem is, for prisoners, the church is the people who come and evangelize. The prisoners who become believers do not feel like they're really part of a church. That's changing, though. 
The goal of the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary is to prepare people to build and lead healthy churches. And that's what the seminary is doing inside Phillips State Prison. Dr. Farmer talked about how these men are already ministering to their fellow prisoners. And just like any church planting movement, the goal is to develop leaders who will build the church family and impact their world for the glory of God. As Christians, we should want to see the gospel reach every person and the church grow in every community, including every prison. Please join me next time on Christlike Thinking, and let me know your thoughts. You can send an email to ChristlikeThinking at gmail.com. Life is a difficult odyssey. The faithful are a statistical anomaly. The enemy wants to trick us hypnotically. That's why we need that biblical theology. Lord God, deliver us from apostasy. The human heart is given to idolatry. The situation is critical. We gotta see the importance of biblical theology. What do I mean by biblical theology?